Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I am your host, David C., as always. Hey there, Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I'm your host, David C., as always, and in today's episode, the season is over. The Mavericks hold on to the fifth seed, and what comes next? So, as we get into this game Man, does it feel good to be back into the playoffs. I cannot say it enough after missing um, the season the way we did last year as far as fans go to now have the playoffs back the way it should be in our own arenas and having some fans in there is something to be really excited for in the NBA right now and especially if you're uh a Dallas Maverick fan like I am. Playoff basketball is so much fun. Win, lose, either way, it's great to be here. And of course, we do have some great expectations, though, this season. We don't expect to go out lightly. But the Mavericks definitely proved that they belonged in this Western Conference this year. They showed what they could do with Luka leading the way on this team. And of course... We cannot understate what Rick Carlisle was able to do with this team with so much um, adversity going against this Maverick team with the COVID situation that we all know about in the early portion of the season to really carry this Maverick team still to some victories and keeping us afloat for a while when, when things were really, really bad. So... We can talk about some of those things here in a moment, but let's just look at what we have to look forward to now with the postseason coming. So first off, let's talk about who we're going to face. We know that the Mavericks are going to face the Los Angeles Clippers. And of course, in a rematch of last season's uh, playoff matchup, and it's something that we really should be excited for. I know a lot of people really didn't want to face the Clippers, but for me, it was really important that we did, especially for Luka moving forward. We want Luka to gain that confidence season by season, and if he can take down the Clippers in this one, it can be something very uh, special for this Maverick organization. So as we do look at this matchup, I know a lot of people are going to be concerned about it to the point where every ESPN expert, analyst, whatever you want to call them, all pick the Clippers to win except for one, Royce Young, the um, analyst out of Oklahoma City, is the only guy who actually picked the Mavericks to win this series. So it's a testament to um, this Maverick team if they can pull this victory off to just show the world that they are good And uh, they are a team that can uh, really do some things in this playoffs. But it's really exciting to see. It's it's just funny when you look at it that still no one gives Luka enough credit. Even after a season the way we had this year. Because now as we go back a little bit, let's look at where this season was. We were sitting at 9-14 at one point. And of course, everyone's seen the report that came out about the Mavericks conveying... 
their first round pick in next year's draft to the Knicks since we were sitting 14th in the Western Conference at that 9-14 record. And we're not looking great. And of course, we got racked by COVID-19 in a really bad way. Now, as I've said in previous episodes, every team in the NBA got hit by COVID. So I'm not going to pretend like they didn't. But no one got ravaged like the Mavericks did. We lost three of our uh, starting lineup and at times actually four of our starters. And we had to give heavy minutes to guys like Wessa Wundu and James Johnson. They were playing a heavy load for us and having to do a lot for the Mavericks. Now that was something that we never ever anticipated and I said this numerous times during those uh, games where these were guys that were never expected to play any sort of real heavy minutes for the Mavericks. They were meant to play spot minutes. Now, James Johnson was a guy who I thought was still going to be a contributor for the Maverick team, but it just never really planned out the way I thought or expected it would. But hey, things don't happen in in the way you think they expect they will sometimes and of course you got to move on from it so but during that time when the Mavericks were suffering when COVID absolutely crushed this team we had to play a lot of guys that were not meant to be on the court and of course our record showed that and we looked really bad and I preached and preached to everyone who uh does does listen to uh my uh meager little podcast here <laughs> that Just be patient and wait for the guys to come back and then give it a little bit of time. If we still looked like a really bad team, then okay, I get everyone's disbelief. But it was hard to say that this team could not have been good when we were still winning some games with very subpar players and guys that really just did not belong on the court. Now, once we started getting all of our players back, things started coming together and this Maverick team really started to look good because let's not forget prior to COVID this team was about I believe it was fourth in rank in in the NBA in defense and it may have even been higher than that if I go back and listen it was probably as high as two but the Mavericks had their top five defense in the NBA within the first two weeks of the course and then COVID situation happened and then everything just went haywire and even during that time for a while they were able to still win some games on defense, even with some of these backup players that we were playing. So um, for things to really start to turn is when everyone started to get back, Porzingis came back, and things started to click for the Mavericks. And of course, they started to turn it around. Now, they went on a few winning streaks throughout this season. And of course, the most notable were the ones at the end of the season, where every time we started to get a little bit of momentum going. The Sacramento Kings would just uh, sap it and take it from us. But there were a few times throughout the season where the Mavericks had four-game winning streaks, really struggled to get to that fifth game as far as winning streaks go. But I'm going to look at that as a good sign when you look at the season overall because, hey, playoff series are only four-game series. And if you can pull off four in a row, then that's all you really need. So, But, again, going back to the season, it was just... Um, a time where when everyone got back, we started to piece it together. We started to get some rhythm. And then, of course, we all know what happened. Porzingis would get hurt. <laughs> and then everyone would start freaking out and want to trade Porzingis. And uh, again, it's something that was always hard for me to understand because 
Porzingis is a guy that just takes your team to another notch. There's just another level he's able to take it to because not a lot of players in the league are able to do the things he's able to because he can affect a lot of shots and get you some blocks because of his sheer size alone down in the paint. And then, of course, his shooting is well noted. Porzingis is a guy who can really shoot from anywhere on the court and do a lot of damage to uh, any opponent that he goes up against. And his size really makes it impossible to deal with. So um, for us to be the team that we needed to be in this playoffs and make a, a move in the Western Conference, it really was important that Porzingis be a part of this. And um, while I do get people's impatience at times throughout the season, we still got to realize that these guys are a bit younger. Now, I'm not saying, well, we got all the time in the world just because we got young guys, because obviously that's never true in the NBA, because you never know um, when a player is going to want to move on and when his patience is pretty much going to be up. So I'm not saying that guys won't want to move on, but they are still relatively young and have to learn to play in this league, especially if you're going to play together as a young duo. And of course, these two guys are guys that are just dominant as far as what they do on the court. So I know it can be a little um, frustrating for fans when you're saying, okay, well, why can't they both do it out there when Porzingis just probably has a little bit more of a dominant attitude that it's just never really going to work that way as far as them um, both having big consistent nights out there but of course that could change as they grow together because they are still younger players uh Porzingis is still here for a few more years and of course we're more than likely going to have Luca for at least another five to six years here at least if he doesn't demand a trade out of here so um during the season when Porzingis would go out of course the Mavericks were still able to get wins and still do it at a high enough rate to keep themselves moving up in the Western Conference because they made that steady climb from 14th in the West to getting all the way back in the Western Conference to the fifth seed and then able to hold that all the way at the end of the season. Now, of course, there was some people that helped us along the way with key losses at important times. And uh, wins definitely when we needed to them to win those games. Thanks, uh, Phoenix, for <laughs> uh, getting that one-point win when we needed them to over the Portland Trailblazers. But again, this is just the season that the Mavericks have had. They had a lot of injuries and things like that that affected this team. They had, of course, a rhythm going and then things going in the right direction. And then a Porzingis injury happens. And then we go through code spurts where no one's really helping Luca toward the end of the season. Whenever we did get some losses, it was because Luca would be doing his thing. And of course, no one was really coming along with him to uh, help us put some of these games over the top. But of course, we know that changed toward the end of the season where the Mavericks just rattled off win after win, putting up one of the best records in the Western Conference since February and especially over the last month. Other than the Sacramento Kings, <laughs> or the Mavericks were just able to get win after win and continuously hold on to that fifth seed in the Western Conference. And let's just be excited for that. Before we go any further, Mavs fans, let's just say it. Whoever expected us to be able to make it to the fifth seed after the start we had, other than this guy pointing at himself currently on the microphone. <laughs> because I know a lot of people could not. Everyone was freaking out. Everyone thought we were in trouble and we weren't going to be good. 
but I knew we would be to the point where I even predicted us ending in the fifth seed in the Western Conference. And here we are, lo and behold, at the end of the season, holding on to that spot and getting a rematch against the Los Angeles Clippers the way I really hoped we would. And of course, having the season that we had from guys like Luka, um, it's just amazing to watch this year. And it's just really exciting for us. Um, we, we really have to take this entire season into context. And when you look at it and say, man, we had a lot of help from a lot of guys and definitely our coach who just does not get enough credit, even from his own fan base, the Maverick fan base, we can be a little ravenous. And I know there's a lot of fans out there who are quick to turn on Carlisle and say that he's past his prime. He doesn't know the NBA. But I tell you what, during the time of COVID um, protocol and players being out due to that and injuries to multiple players throughout the season, I doubt there are very many coaches that could have held on to the team, kept them together, kept them playing together to be able to get to the fifth seed in this loaded Western Conference. Well, we know that they are a ton of really good teams, so it's impressive overall for this Maverick team to be able to do what they did and end the season where they did at 42 and 30 and uh, still have a great bit of momentum going into the playoffs. Now, before I move on from that, let me say this. My prediction for the season, when I went over my individual games, and I did this at length here on a couple of episodes before the uh, break when uh, they didn't have the second a portion of the season release yet i did one prior to that and uh did, tallied the record up and then of course here the second portion of the season and my prediction was the mavericks would end at 46 and 26 of course we ended at 42 and 30 so not bad <laughs> and of course this was a lot of this was made prior to the uh covid situation actually happening of course i couldn't have predicted that but Maybe my prediction would have been a little spot on there had we not had the whole COVID ordeal that we did have. So just wanted to toot my own horn there just a little bit. <laughs> just throw that out there that I was almost exactly right on the uh, end of the season prediction. But still, for the Mavericks to end there, it's just a great um, piece to show how good Carlisle really is. And I know, Mavs fans, it's easy to... Uh, look at our offense sometimes and say it's too robotic and it's too this or that. But sometimes with younger players, um, it's good to have a system in place. If you don't think systems are important, then um, you haven't been watching the NBA for the past 20 years because you don't even know who the San Antonio Spurs are. Because trust me, I am a Dallas fan, so I absolutely hate the Spurs. But thanks to the system that has been in place there with Greg Popovich for so long... Um, it's always kept them good and it's always kept them relevant. So um, systems are important in certain ways. Now, I get that we want to let a player grow and expand. And I think Carlisle has definitely done that with Luca. You don't see him really saying a whole lot to Luca at times when he's out there on the court. Let's be honest. I've been to a ton of games this year and was lucky enough to be at the home finale against the Toronto Raptors where the Mavericks sealed uh, their position out of the play-in tournament um you never see Carlisle really saying a whole lot to Luca. 
Luca can turn and kind of yell at Carlisle a bit, and you don't really see Carlisle saying too much back to him. So I know some people can say, well, man, you know, Luca doesn't like or not going to like Carlisle's personality. It's going to get on his nerves after a while. Well, from what I see at this point, this is Luca's team. And if Carlisle does something that Luca doesn't like, then Luca lets him hear about it, and Carlisle does not say much back. So, um, I don't really see what some people talk about in regards to Carlisle being not a player's coach because he is that with a lot of his guys. Now, of course, he does have a system that is important, so I can understand where maybe a little bit of friction will create there. But just an incredible season when you look at what Carlisle did and and the ability to keep this team going the way they were because as the season wound down, We needed players to get hot, and it definitely happened for a few people right at the right time, and none of them bigger than Tim Hardaway Jr., who over the final nine-game stretch of the season shot over 66% from the field and over 50% from the three-point line. And in the process of doing all that, now becomes... The Ma- the first Maverick player with two 200 three-point shots made in a season for the Dallas Mavericks. That is impressive. And he did it in really hot fashion at the end of this season. He had nights where he scored 42 points and 35 points and went over 30 on multiple occasions and really caught fire for the Mavericks here at the end of the season. And it's going to be extremely important because the Mavericks did have to make some changes at the end of the season to really keep uh, the wins rolling because we did have a loss here and there and Carlisle made adjustments. And of course, one of them being putting Josh Richardson to the bench, which is something that I really didn't see coming with the way the season had gone and putting Tim Hardaway Jr. into that starting position uh, over him. And, of course, it really has paid off. And and Hardaway is just really on fire coming into the playoffs. And the trade-off of the defense of Richardson that Tim Hardaway gives you with his offense is really important right now to the Mavericks, especially early in games. Because, as we know... When the Mavericks have a lead after the first quarter, they're 27-0 and in this 2021 season. So if we can do that in the playoffs and keep that momentum going, who knows what can happen for this Maverick team. So it was something that, like I said, I didn't really see coming. I did not anticipate that Hardaway would get reinserted into the starting lineup over Josh Richardson. But of course, as I said, his play has been absolutely phenomenal during this last nine game stretch and it's just something that you can't keep off the court and again kudos to Carlisle for making this move which could not have been easy to convince Richardson that you're gonna have to go to the bench so um it's important for this Maverick team because we're gonna need all these guys and I was I was just saying a lot of guys got some momentum going at the end of the season which is going to be really important going into the playoffs guys like Trey Burke and Dwight Powell who just seemed to turn the season around for himself here at the end and becoming just a perfect role complement that is going to be very important to this Maverick team because as we look at who we're facing now, the LA Clippers, we're looking at a team that is usually gave us some, some issues with some of the guys as far as the role game goes. And when you look at their season this year, they actually don't have two guys that were very instrumental to them beating us. So I'm going to go out and say it. 
before I even talk about anything because I'm that bold when it comes to my Mavericks. I'm going to tell you how I feel and what I think exactly is going to happen. I think this Maverick team is going to win in six. And I know, of course, everyone's going to just say I'm a homer and I'm fine with it. But I believe this Maverick team, especially if they can get this first win, might actually even pull it off in five. I'll just say it because the Clippers last year had two guys that did insane damage to the Mavericks every time the Mavericks were going a hot run, every time the Mavericks looked like they were going to be able to do something good. It was two guys who would shut it down every time, and those two guys are no longer with the Los Angeles Clippers. The first one being Montrez Harrell, who is now with the Lakers, and the other one being Lou Williams. We're talking about two guys that would absolutely light up the Mavericks every time we played them. And every time it looked like we had a chance, it was always the great play of those two guys that really affected the outcome of the game. It wasn't the particular game of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. It was always the hustle and everything that Montrez Harrell would do out there and then of the pure shooting of Lou Williams that really hurt this Maverick team against the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, they did have a good season of their own at 47 and 25, obviously, ending in the fourth seed, which is not bad. But, of course, I believe we would have been better than them had COVID not ravaged our team. So, that being said, when I look at their roster and I look at how we're going to match up, I am not 100% sure that the Mavericks shouldn't be very confident going into this game. With KP now there and now healthy, the Mavericks to me have a starting squad that has everything that you need from defense to offense. It gives us a bit of everything because Dorian Finney-Smith toward the end of the season has really played well for the Mavericks and he just has a ton of confidence just oozing off of him right now. When you're looking at what he's doing out there defensively, and then it's hitting three-pointers from the corner almost every time he's wide open, it's going to be very important to this Dallas Maverick team because it's going to be a shootout on some of these nights, but it's going to be good to have a guy like Dorian who can match up with a player like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard every now and then because this is just going to be a fun fun matchup when you look at everything that they have though just in my opinion they don't have anyone that can truly guard Luka or KP on their team we've seen in last uh, playoff matchup with these guys that Paul George and Kawhi were no match against Luka neither was Reggie Jackson or Pat Beverly Nick Batum will not fare much better no one is going to be able to stop Luka and then with the size of KP I don't see anyone on their roster being able to match up with him. Sergi Baca and DeMarcus Cousins are good centers, but of course Cousins is past his prime. And then Baca is a guy that just cannot defend Porzingis because he's just too big. Now, we all know Marquise Morris is there, or Marcus Morris, I'm sorry, wrong one. <laughs> Marcus Morris um, is the guy that we all know and hate for the Clippers. But I don't really presume to see that as much of an issue this year. As much as it's been talked about, as much as people have been uh, bringing it to the ref and the NBA's attention ever since last season, I can tell you right now, they're not going to let half of what happened last season fly this year. The refs are going to call some things a bit closer. And um, 
I'm just telling you right now, it's probably going to be a little anticlimactic when it comes to all that because I don't think the NBA is going to allow for um, all of the foolishness that happened last season during that one. Let's just call it that. Um, I, I don't see that happening. And, uh, you know, I think the Mavericks and um, the Clippers both are just going to be very heated. It's going to be a tough battle. There will be a little pushing here and there, but it will not get to the level that some people probably are expecting. And look, I get it. I know there's going to be some people out there who try to say that Porzingis is going to get hurt, that he's not going to play the whole series, that everyone's going to be all concerned. Well, guys, this is the reason that we kept him out all season whenever he even had a fingernail follicle out of place. <laughs> we were overly cautious. We were overprotective. We were first-time fathers, and we're just trying to make sure we kept them safe from all pain and harm. And we did that all season. So now that when the playoffs are here, he can play in all games. And I think um, I heard it was on 103 The Fan, I believe, um, where he was actually on their station and said that Porzingis was going to play uh, every game, that there would not be any load management. Because, of course, why would you load manage in the playoffs? Like It was kind of a silly question when you think about it, because who in the world is going to load manage in the playoffs, man? Like, that's just kind of ridiculous. Like <laughs> If he's healthy, he's playing, and Porzingis looks healthy and looks good. Let's just be uh, honest, you know, he didn't look very happy throughout the season. Like, things weren't going good as far as with the team and maybe relationship-wise and all that. But in his last interview after a good Maverick win, you actually seen Porzingis smiling and joking. And I said this in a previous episode where he looked more energetic than I've ever seen him ever be in an interview. And it was good to see that. He looks lively he looks ready and he's gonna play and he's gonna dominate these so-called big men of the los angeles clippers in this series because like i said when you look at it who are their big men patrick patterson serge Ibaka. i mean you don't have a guy that can match up with porzingis cousins as i said is a good center i'm never gonna say cousins is bad but he's just past his prime and i don't think anyone can match up with him now, there is one guy that is kind of a wild card in this game, in this series, uh, with the Clippers. And to me, I talked about him, and I even said uh, to a buddy of mine a while back that I thought he would probably be a big factor for the Clippers. And he has been a difference maker since he's been there. He's kind of steadied their offense and gives them someone to work through, and that is Rajon Rondo. And we all know in Dallas exactly who Rondo is. We all hate him. Uh, for what he did here in Dallas in his time here when we traded for him. But, of course, it brought us br uh, Dwight Powell, so thanks for that at least. But Rondo, of course, uh, is not uh, the favorite in a lot of Mavs fans' uh, eyes, but he is a guy who has really steadied the ship for the Clippers and uh, really helped them once everything turned around for them. But I don't think he's a guy who can make enough of an impact, especially... Uh, with a guy like Luca out there. So um, when you look at just the matchups in the starting lineups, when you look at who's going to be march, uh, matching up with who, um, I definitely think the Mavericks hold the edge in a few positions. Now, that being said, obviously the Clippers hold the edge on a couple themselves. Uh, when you got Kawhi Leonard, yeah, that's about as good as it gets at that position. He is a guy who 
Um, it's just amazing in everything he does. We all know uh, Kawhi Leonard. We've seen what he did to us last playoffs, and we know how good of a player that guy is. Um, Paul George is a guy, of course, we know didn't have the best playoffs and, and really hasn't ever had <laughs> really good playoffs where he's um, kind of earned the name Playoff P. And, of course, uh, I don't. I don't ever want to doubt a guy of that caliber. I never want to call out and <laughs> uh, wish this guy to do good against my team because he is extremely talented. Paul George is a guy that let's not act like he isn't an all-NBA player. Now, he hasn't always played like it in the playoffs, but he is still a guy that can be uh, extremely dangerous um, on the offensive end and not a bad defender as well. But when you got someone like Tim Hardaway Jr., who can at least match his scoring, that's definitely going to help the Mavericks in that regard. So I think those two become more of a wash as far as what they bring to uh, each other's teams as far as just scoring outright. So um, Luka is just, is just the difference maker in this series to me because I would say Luka and Kawhi Leonard kind of wash as far as what they do for their teams. And to be honest, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Paul George kind of wash uh, what they do with each other's teams. And then, of course, you still got KP sitting there as kind of the wild card um, on the offensive side for the Mavericks. So as long as he's playing good and he looks to be playing really, really good right now for the Mavericks, I just think we hold the edge. I, I just it's hard for me to see it any other way. Um, both teams are really good because I know I, I listen to them on the radio the other day and they just try to run through all the players on uh, the Clippers uh, roster as if they were just so much better than the Mavericks when they talked about uh, players like Pat Beverly who really has done nothing for the Clippers this year um, and and just really hasn't looked that impressive overall and Nick Batum um, I'm not impressed by these others that they have when you look at our team and we got players like Jalen Brunson um, who was able to do some of the things he's able to do off the bench. We still got a player like J.J. Redick, who I'm not 100% sure if he's going to play for the Mavericks, but if he does, he brings a, a level of playoff experience that the Mavericks just don't have, and it could be a big, big help for us. And then, of course, as far as that bench goes, now Josh Richardson is also a part of the bench for the Mavericks. So, you know, you have a player like Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson, Willie Colley-Stein, Nico Melli. We have guys that can come in and uh, do some things for the Mavericks and give different kind of wrinkles that can really help our team. So uh, I'm not one of those people who think that the Clippers are just a really powerhouse team over our Mavericks. I actually think that we're a lot more evenly matched than most people think. And of course, we have the X factor, which of course is Luca, who is, in my opinion, top three in the league um, as far as what he's able to do. And I think he's really, really eager to get out there this year and show what he can do, especially against the team that was able to beat us last year. And we should have won that season last year. So it's going to be real fun, really exciting. And, uh, Really one heck of a season so far for the Mavericks. And it should be an exciting ride now as we go into the playoffs and match up with this Clipper team. With the first game coming up this Saturday at 3.30. 
and it should be an exciting matchup and hopefully a game one win for the Mavericks. So let's be excited, Mavs fans. Let's get ready for Saturday and let's go Mavs. So that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoy what you heard. If you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, follow, and share with your friends. And I hope you listen in next time, Mavs fans. Thanks a lot.